Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to the Film Busters Podcast. The film show with no filters, no prisoners taken, loads of disagreements, but one hell of a love for cinema. If you want to hear three friends ridiculing each other for an hour or so regarding their taste in films, then you have come to the right place. In each episode, one of the team picks a film for us to discuss. It could be anything from a recent cinema release to an all-time classic. So, strap in and get ready to get mad or get vindicated as we guide you through the murky world of being a film geek. If you like what you hear, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram using at Pod. You can also find each of our individual accounts. I'm at FilmBustersPaul. I'm at FilmBustersAdam. And I'm at FilmBustersBen. If you want to use your eyes instead of your ears, you can also visit the website at filmbusterspod.co.uk and if busting makes you feel good you can also support us at patreon.com forward slash filmbusters for exclusive content alright can we just get on with this now please filmbusters let's talk about Alec Baldwin for a second oh shit yeah oh yeah so the latest is that he and the armourer on that set are being charged with involuntary manslaughter now, can you explain that to me? So I, uh, I didn't realise. I, I, someone told me yesterday, and they didn't mention the armourer. So I'm glad that they are actually charging that person as well, not just him. Yes, because it's not really his responsibility to make sure the weapons are properly. Well, I don't safe. know because the police must have enough that they believe that they can charge him as well to me it makes sense well, he's just, just he's the one who's fired the weapon he's just he's, it's probably just a, he's fired the weapon you kind of automatically go well i think the thing is uh around the time when it first happened there was loads of people saying you always check your own weapons to make sure do you think that's true i don't know but that's what people that's what some actors were saying uh, that i always check my weapon that's you know i i don't think that's industry standard though i reckon that's people who got a beef with alec baldwin yeah maybe yeah true the right wing actors the James mm. Woods of the world. I oh, know it's very—it's a grey area, isn't it? It's like he is the one who did the shooting. I know. Have you seen the video? I, there was a video on the BBC News yesterday of has it happened from set. So like the scene that they were shooting at the time, and Tim pointing um, the gun at directly at the camera. Yeah, and then mm. always, and it's afterwards when the police arrive and they the police were interviewing him straight away. Yes. And him, like, they were saying, like, is that, is that their blood on their, your clothes or is that theatrical? And he's like, oh, no, it's theatrical. Like, they can we take pictures of you. Yeah. And he just looks so, like, shell-shocked and, like, weird just walking around this set. I mean, you would be. Which, whichever way you cut it, like, there's no way that he intended to kill that person. He's making oh, a yeah. fucking movie, for God's sake. Yeah. Of course. It's the same as uh, what we spoke about the other day when um, my brother-in-law's stepdad got run over. It's like... That girl, I'm sure she didn't mean to run this guy, but she's a 22-year-old girl. Oh, fuck. And he's probably just stumbled out into the road. 22. Imagine having to live with that for the rest of your life. I know. And it's like he's he's crossing a dual carriageway. You don't expect someone to be crossing Shit. there. Shit. Fuck. And it's like just like he didn't expect there to be a fucking yeah. real bullet in the gun or whatever, whatever it was. Mm. Although i got to say, I do think that he should, be, should have been keeping a lower profile than he has done, given everything. If you go check out the man's Instagram account... He's putting pictures on there every three days. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe he's trying to keep up appearances. Yes. Of what, like, though? Of all sorts, like, him on set, uh, him, well, not on set, him, like, attending events, him with his wife, him with his kids, them doing dress-up for fancy parties. It's like, okay. a woman died, like, a year, year and a half ago. It's not, I'm not saying you need to, like, be, be mm. repenting, but 
keep that fucking profile low, man. He's probably been advised, though, hasn't he? Yeah. His, like, his, just, act, just act normal. You don't want to draw attention to yourself in, in a bad way by not posting anything kind of thing, like staying quiet. Yeah. God, can you imagine? That's a hard one. Can you imagine? Mm. I mean, the, the, no one when um, uh, Brandon Lee was killed on the set of The Crow, that killed when when he died on the set of The Crow, I don't believe that anyone on that that set was charged with anything because it was like mm. fucking mistake. But then yeah. see there, I think the issue was something got lodged in the gun. That and it's like a freak accident. Freak accident. Whereas this was an actual bullet that was in a gun that should never have been there. I suppose. That's nuts, isn't it, man? You, you'd hundred percent be charged. Whoever handed that gun to yeah. him, <laughs> yeah. She's, um, I think it's the daughter. Is nepotism? This is a big topic at the moment, but it was the daughter of a quite famous Hollywood armorer. It was mm. like one of her first ever yeah. gigs, and it's like there you oh, go, imagine, man. There you go, fuck, man. Yeah, she was a kid herself. She... Mm. Wasn't it something to do with them? Um... Like doing target practice the night before or something. Oh, fucking idiots. And they were man. using the gun. Americans and their guns, man. Mm. <laughs> Americans and their guns. There is something um, in, I can't remember exactly the details in Switzerland, but they allow guns in Switzerland. And mm. they have such low levels of um, shootings in Switzerland. And funnily enough, statistically, the people who kill the most with guns in Switzerland are wives shooting their husbands. Wow. Mm, yeah. A very low number, though, but overwhelmingly it's that. Mm. Strange. I could imagine it probably is the same in other countries that have guns. Like, there's always probably just in the house domestic. Mm. It's probably harder to get hold of them. They probably don't sell them in, like, <laughs> fucking supermarkets. No, yeah. exactly. Just walk into Walmart. That's probably the difference. Fucking buy bullets in Tesco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what you can buy, though? I walked down a. Um, like the. Uh, yeah, you can buy dildos. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, I you showed me the this the other day. I went down the pharmacy aisle and I was like, "There's a fucking dildo just on the shelf." No, in Tesco. <laughs> yes, in Tesco. How, how are they not covering that up for the kids? It's not. It's on the shelf. It's where all like the just the medical products are. <laughs> medical, yeah. <laughs> I've got a pain in my ass. Give me that dildo. Well, obviously, neck, near where the, the, the condoms are and everything like that. But I was like, "Wow, man!" Did you buy it? Put it on the shelf. No, I don't need one. I've already got a double ender at home. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Double ender. Would <laughs> you, if um, somebody or Chelsea asked you uh, to um, put like silicone around your cock so that they could make a dildo that is your cock, would you be flattered or would you be like weirded out? I'll be flattered. Be flattered. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And they take it, it with all the time. It's, yeah, it's obviously your your penis size is the perfect so so way to please. So it. you agree to it. You agree to it, right? And she, mm. they go, okay, we're just sending off to get that cost. And then Christmas Day, we your family are around. She's bought it for everyone, memory of family. <laughs> Imagine. Well, no, that's just weird. <laughs> would it, would it, have, and it have my face, my signature on it? Yep. <laughs> and your family dogs are licking them up, licking them up. <laughs> they got the peanut butter snack. <laughs> <laughs> like a Kong for the dog. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, damn. Well, how how's it transcended into this? I, know, I, I mean, how much of this conversation is going in the podcast? Cause, uh, like, all of this. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> just should we should we, uh, should we move on to actually talking about film? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, before we actually move on to 
the staple of every episode let me just say we've got a patreon channel everyone at www.patreon.com forward slash film we have exclusive content we have a beautiful film busters family over there you can suggest films to the show you can come on the show it's a very fun little place so you should come over there what are we doing on the patron channel after this episode adam uh we are going to talk about our favorite ghost stories yes ghost story films I did. I did say this to Ben. It kind of. He thought I was just in general talking about ghost stories. Yeah, I was very perplexed. <laughs> perplexed. I thought you meant ghost yeah. stories in any incarnation, like a song about a ghost or a, Ooh, a, wow. a tale we were told as kids. Hmm. Oh. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah. I feel like we should probably stick to film though, because that's kind of our. That's our thing. Yes. Gig. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. That's what we're doing. A good. I look forward to it. That's on the I've Patreon. Some, uh, directly. Good picks. I've tried to. I've tried to avoid the most obvious ones, and I'm. Me too. I'm going to do the same as our last Patreon episode. And if you bring some up, I will bring another one up. Kind of. Very thing. good. Yeah. Very good. Right. Uh, Shall we move on to the staple of every, of every episode, Adam? Adam. So over to the staple of every episode. Um, the quiz. Oh. I yes. pitch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The quiz. <laughs> the quiz. Anyway, so yes, if um the way do it you want works. To say the scores. The scores are. Do you know the everyone's, scores? everyone's very low. I think <laughs> someone's got two, someone's got one, Me. and I've got zero. That's correct. I've got two. Ben's got one. You've got zero. <laughs> okay, there we go. I knew. It. I knew it off the top of my head. Um, yeah. So if they get the question right, they get the point. And if they get the question wrong, I get the point. That's how it works. Are you ready for the first question? Let's oh, do it. Let's do this. How long was a standing ovation at Cannes? Ten minutes. Oh. Well done, Ben. Oh, that's good. Is that going to be in your, in your facts? <laughs> not anymore, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Is it actually one of your fact points? It was, it was part of the uh, the old thing, yeah. <laughs> Fucking okay. stupid standing ovations. That's such a long time. I know. I, know. I, Ten I watched minutes, this man. film and then didn't make any questions. Well, um, very good. Anyway, and the second question is, which uncredited role does Del Toro play? The doctor who treats her leg. Well done. Was that also in your Doctor trivia? Doctor who treats no, her wasn't. leg. Yeah, you know, after yeah, when she he, hurts her leg and, and she goes to When the, um, Laura hurts her leg. She's <clears> in the hospital. Oh, really? I don't even remember that. I don't even remember, like, a doctor. Very brief. He's mm. in it, literally, and then he walks out of the room because her husband and the police officer come in. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Interest. Oh, very good. I've surged ahead. You surged yeah. ahead. No bonus points this week. What are the, the scores? at me. What are the scores? Ben has three, Paul has two, and I have zero. This is going to be funny. Imagine if me and you just keep answering the questions all through yeah. the year and Adam stays on zero the whole time. <laughs> you two are going to be very hard to stump because you have these fucking memories of films. I've, I've learned a lesson, though. I've just got to read the IMDb page now. <laughs> just IMDb before the page. podcast. <laughs> Not every time because I, I will make questions outside of this because I will w- make them when I'm watching the film, not after okay. the film. Okay. I thought... When I was watching this film, I thought I, I, the only question I could actually see Adam asking is what what are they playing at the beginning? Like, what's the it's line? One, two, obvious. three. Yeah, but I can't remember what it is. One, two, three, and then what's the word? Is it? Like, what's the time, Mister Wolf? Oh, uh, she calls it something else. She calls it one, two, three. Uh, exactly. Uh, knock on the wall. To, knock on the wall. That's it. Knock yeah. on the wall. Yeah. What's the time, Mister Wolf? Ten o'clock. I and thought you were going to ask what the orphanage is called. I can't remember what that was called. I made a note of that just in case. Can't remember that. Saint it, Bernadetta. It Good Shepherd Orphanage. Well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who would have thought this? Who would have thought this, eh? 
Do you remember what's the time, Mr. Wolf? Did you play that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, and or Grandma's was, Footsteps, same thing, innit? Well, they say, um, when when you say, what's the time, Mr. Wolf? And then the wolf turns around and goes, six o'clock. Then everyone who's walking yeah. has to go, one, steps, two, yeah. three, four, five. What's the time, Mr. Wolf? Ten o'clock. You, what, you would always just say a high number if you're the wolf, because you want him to come close to you so you can it's catch him. the game, innit? Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to talking about the orphanage? Oh, come on. Un, dos, tres, toca la pared. Un, dos, tres, toca la pared. Un. Un, dos, tres, toca la pared. Right, everyone, today we're talking about The Orphanage from 2007. This is the last film in the 2007 round, so it's all very exciting. This is a film by J.A. Bayona. This is a spoiler episode. If you haven't seen it, we're going to spoil it terribly for you, so you might want to go watch it first, then come back and listen. Otherwise, just let yourself be spoiled. Mm. Before we move on to the plot summary by Adam, I've got a couple of people we've done before on the podcast. Do you know? Well, I can only imagine Del Toro. Nope, I'm not including the producers because who knows what they actually fucking do on the oh, film. Shit. I feel like his fingerprints are all over this film. They Probably. very much are. Probably, but uh, I don't know how much he did, so I'm not including him. I don't know anyone in this film that's been in stuff we've done before. We've done a film by the director before. Um, What's oh, he done? We, that fucking Jurassic World Fallen yeah, Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> Yes. That's another one of my trivia bits that has been removed. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a more interesting one, though. I don't know whether you got this in the trivia, but this was this was like, wow. How many no, films are we going to do so. by this person? don't think so. What is it? We've done four films with this person in. What? Yeah. No, never a lead character. And it's a very, like, a person we were like, wow. That is an interesting person to have for is four films. Is it the dads? No. The old woman. This person is a female. She's been in Fallen Kingdom, she's been in Age of Innocence, and Limelight, and this film. Well, it's got to be the old lady then. Geraldine Chaplin. Fuck me. The fucking what, medium. What's she been in, please? The medium. Fallen Kingdom, Age of Innocence, and Limelight, obviously, because... Oh, Chaplin. fucking Chaplin. Yeah. Damn, man. Look God damn. Four films. She, she's headlining as one of our most <laughs> watched people. Yeah, she is. <laughs> fucking hell. Nuts. Hey, well, listen, I ain't got no trivia that's going to beat that shit, really. Mm. Um, I mean, I was just, I was going to sort of lead with the fact that this was that director's first ever film. This was his mm. debut, The Orphanage. And then he did The Impossible, that one with Ewan McGregor, where the uh, the tsunami rocks in. And he did A Monster Calls, which is based on that book. Mm-hmm. And then, and then yeah, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. And he's got something coming out called Society of the Snow. Uh, it is a Spanish and Mexican co-production. It was written by a guy called Sergio Sanchez in 1996, 11 years before it would make it to Scream. And when it was part Scream, rather than Scream. And when it was brought to the attention of director Bayona in 2004, Bayona asked his longtime friend, Guillermo del Toro, to help produce the film. Which he did, and doubled its budget in the meantime. Bayona intended to capture the feel of 1970s Spanish cinema, which is why he cast Geraldine Chaplin and Bellin Raider. There you go. You fucking said it in your fucking facts, mate. I know. I didn't. I didn't even connect that. <laughs> I just assumed it's Spanish, so she can't. It can't be yeah. Charlie's. Charlie's. Uh, Charlie's girl. 
Mm. Uh, Charlie's Carol. girl. That's that's got to be uh, a sharks on a wedding episode. <laughs> I don't know what we can make out of a Charlie's girl. <laughs> um, as Adam pointed out, the film opened at the Cannes Film Festival in 2007, where it received a standing ovation, lasting more than 10 minutes, but an interminable amount more than 10 minutes. So 10 minutes is the correct answer of the quiz still. <laughs> just to say, just to make sure. Yes. Um, New Line Cinema bought the rights for an American remake. Guillermo del Toro was involved and asked Bayona if he would like to take on the directorial duties again. Bayona said no, and Guillermo del Toro said good. Read into that <laughs> trick how question. you will. I know, trick question, isn't it? <laughs> and that's it. Oh, lovely. El Orfanato. El Orfanato. That's Orfanato. what this film's called. El Orfanato. Beautiful. Beautiful Spanish there. Yes. <laughs> Adam, would you like to do a plot summary? Yes. So this film is about a woman called Laura who was brought up in an orphanage and she gets adopted, I think is the correct term, and taken away she from the orphanage. She was about to say murdered. No, that's later. She, she murders herself. herself. Yes, yeah. she does. In, an, in the eyes of the Holy Father. Spoilies. I know. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, she... Um, Anthony Hopkins did it to her from behind with a knife. <laughs> and then he said, oh, give me my Fanta and pizza. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, in the two folks, he has Fanta and pizza, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. So he because, kills right. her, dresses okay, the Pope. I get it I get the link. <laughs> I'd love it if someone had the balls to do that. In film, and um, people could just be watching, going fucking brilliant. He is the Holy Ghost now. He is. Oh, he died just a week or so ago. We're not really now. sad about it because he covered no. up the abuse as we, yes. as we saw in the film. Of course. Anyway, so I was Sorry, saying, Adam. <laughs> uh, she buys the orphanage a couple of years later, moves back with her adopted son, and shit goes down. Shit goes down. Shit goes down. Wow. Just like he did in the basement. Oh, God. Ooh. This We're is dull. so spoilerific. <laughs> yes. Okay, this is my There's spoilers in this. For 2007. So I get to decide what order our first impressions should go in. I'm going to go first because I obviously know what I think. And I'm just going to get out of the way. And then we'll have Adam, then Ben. We're going to okay. go classic film buses order. Classic. Yeah. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I feel like I've watched this loads because it came out around the time when I was really getting into film. Um, so I feel I feel close to it, although in reality I probably only watched it a handful of times. It just kind of it, it was at a time like the origin of my love for film. Mm. But um, it's been years and years since I've I've watched it since, so I was pretty excited to return to see how it holds up. Um, the funny thing is that I've actually watched a couple of Haunted House films lately, so I felt almost compelled to revisit this, especially when I had to pick what 2007 film we're doing, to compare like with the rest of the films I've watched. And I'm happy to see it does hold up. It's good. It's a bit of a slow burn, but that is kind of expected in these kind of Haunted House films, though it does feel a little bit more uh, like reflective and emotional than your average scary ghost film. Mm -hmm. It... Um, it does have a lot of haunted house tropes, though. It, it isn't until about three quarters in that I think the film really kicks up a pace and has your complete attention. Um, Belen Ruda, who plays Laura, I think she's fucking wonderful. Mm. I think her performance is really solid in this. 
and I, I, I feel her desperation and like totally on board with her mindset throughout. Um, and when it comes to the haunts, I mean, what's creepier than children just standing in old houses? It's fucking creepy shit. And it's, uh, it's great because it doesn't overdo it either and try to make them look horror, like horrific or, or too ghostly. It's just, it's almost like really just playing with you and never feels like there's any malice from like the dead inhabitants kind of thing. Then of course we, we come to our final act with the realization of what's actually happened. And I think it's all pretty beautiful and bloody, it's bloody sad. It really hit me, hit me hard. Like the unraveling of her mental state and finally seeing the reality of the situation. So fucking sad, it got me. And it kind of just nails the actual ending for me, bringing it all full circle to Simon's curiosity of Peter Pan and Neverland. <laughs> like the never growing up which he never actually does which is sad and and neither neither all the rest of the children so it's fitting that laura that little girl who left all those years ago left neverland grown up should return to be their mother and their wendy and it's pretty beautiful i like that hmm. and that's my first impressions okay um yeah this um yeah i just can't, literally just forgotten everything i was about to say about this film <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, I just completely banged. What is, this, what, the, what is what, this film again? We talk about what you life. just said at the end of it was quite powerful, and it just kind of made me go a little oh, bit. You've made him emotional. No, oh, I brought a tear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed this film, but I didn't love this film. Okay. Um, there's a lot of good moments in it, but I feel like I, it's just I feel like there's too many like del toro fingerprints all over it and i just don't like that kind of style i think i didn't really it doesn't really work for me on pan's labyrinth definitely didn't work for me on fucking what that other shit film we did of his crimson <laughs> peak oh crimson peak crimson, is it crimson peak yeah yeah uh, yes yeah in places it i mean it was never as bad as that but it did feel a little a little bit along those kind of those lines there is it is good but i just there was characters in this film that just irritated me, like the the, the dad. What a little, what a prick! Oh he's really? Just, no, it's not really a prick. He just he just could not give like, a toss that his wife is fucking losing his shit and trying to find. He's his, a scientific man. He's a doctor, so he kind of and, just yeah. He's got a heart though. They ain't just fucking a robot. Oh, the, the kid's gone missing. I don't give a toss. My wife's going insane. Oh. I couldn't care. I wouldn't say he don't care. He's been, uh, he's been, he's been, he's made mm -hmm. like a, uh, this, let me finish your, finish your thought, sorry. Anyway, so there's little things like that that annoy me, but there is some good moments throughout this film, and overall, I did enjoy it, I just didn't love it. Fair enough. It's fair, it's fair enough. I would say that, in contrast to what you said, Paul, I actually mm. preferred the first half of the movie. Okay. Because it felt at that point that it, it was going its own path, because... Mm. So by the end, I'd reduce my score based on how it ended, even though I liked the reveal of what had happened with, with Simon yeah. and, and how we got there. The final 30 minutes, maybe I'd say, 30 to 40 minutes, where it kind of descended for me into everything we've seen before in terms of the haunted house, ghostly horror tropes. And yeah, I take your point. They're not really shown to be malicious. So it's not like jump scares left, right and center, but it all felt very familiar. And I think the problem actually for me with this film is the director. Mm. Uh, you could tell that this was his first film because it was, it looked very bland. The whole palette of everything just felt mm. like I was watching 
a TV movie, and it it wasn't very inspiring for me. It felt like, given what we were dealing with, the topic we were dealing dealing with, we could have had something a little bit more bombastic, uh, with a little bit more of a of a unique style to it. But there were moments that immediately started taking me out of the movie. Like for example, I've got a note here. Ten minutes in, when Laura climbs into bed with with Simon and they're talking about the lighthouse, Laura picks up an alarm clock or something and like shines it and it yeah. reflects in the window to make it look like the lighthouse is shining in and I thought mm. god all of this just looks really cheap and weird and then as Adam said I thought what's the common denominator here del Toro and I think whether it's Spanish cinema and no it's not just Spanish cinema because Pedro Almodovar is one of the great directors but I don't think that I really like Spanish cinema generally okay apart from Almodovar because it felt from that moment it was like of course del toro and it had that sort of playfulness that del toro has for right rightly or wrongly and if you like it great but you know i didn't like pan's labyrinth i don't think any of us really really did and we didn't like crimson peak and it kind of had that same aesthetic to it which stopped it from ever really elevating above what it was it felt like we were seeing a very competent well-told ghost story very well told very competent but the way it was presented by the director wasn't very engaging. And outside of the final reveal at the end, it didn't really do anything new or scary for me with with the, the ghost elements and the haunted house elements, mm. if, if you want mm. to call it that. But what is most disappointing to me is that there was a really great story in here that I think without the ghostliness, without the haunted house stuff to it, would have been a lot more interesting to go into, which is... That, that tortured idea of losing that child and if it hadn't been presented from the off as a ghost story and it was just on her search for where her son is she goes down that route and it takes you aback like halfway through that she's going down the route of mediums and whatnot I think that would have been a really really good film without the ghostly kids coming and involving right, themselves yeah. because then it would have been like this terrible traumatic thing has happened your child has gone missing and in the pursuit of finding them you go down all avenues including exploring the supernatural and then you could reveal some of the stuff that happened in that that second half because if you do that when you've already set it up as this very grounded realistic um idea of grief or before grief then i would have been down for it but as it was it just it all felt very expected everything that was happening all felt quite expected until the the final reveal mm. thing, which mm. um, I enjoyed, um, and um, yeah, well, but we talk more about it in the, the main. But that's my general thoughts. You know what? I I, I actually agree with you. It's um, I don't think I liked it as much as I I remembered liking it. I still I feel I still think it's great though. But um, it does kind of walk those two lines, doesn't it? It's like it almost doesn't need to be a ghost film because. Mm. the the real intriguing thing is to, the search for the sun and to find out that her hearing the knocking when she wakes up at night is actually him trying to get her attention her yeah, attention a horrible idea yeah absolutely horrible idea great and that, that is better than the ghosts yes like that is a better idea than just having the ghosts in the house it kind of wa- almost waters that down a little bit and to think that it could by the end where she's imagining it could just be her mental state rather than mm-hmm something to do with a haunting kind of thing and i do yeah i do i do agree yeah and um I, this is why i felt the um the first three quarters weren't as gripping as i remember them being i think because i i leave more with that ending i think that ending is really impactful for me i think it's a great ending but um i leave 
so that I leave with that. But yeah. watching the first three quarters, it it is very. I think it is very by the books mm. in terms of like, especially haunted house. I don't think there's anything really different you'd get from like that you wouldn't get in any other haunted house film apart no. from that ending. That ending is the the most original thing. And I don't me. necessarily think that's a bad thing. It's just that he he's basically saying I, you've seen these things before. I'm doing them. I'm like paying homage, homage to them, and it's mm. like, okay, yeah, you are, mm. but that you're not doing anything above that, but you are paying homage to them quite well. Yeah, you're 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 right in though what you're saying. Yeah, I I agree. I do. I think my favorite thing about it is the lost child and finding the child. It's nothing to do with the ghosts. Can I ask you something, Paul? Yeah, I don't know if you, Adam, if you had this thought as well, but after spending five minutes with Simon. Mm. I was like, "This is Spanish, Woody." Because <laughs> <laughs> of the curly little curves. <laughs> curls. Maybe it was just the maybe it was just the curls, but yeah. it really made me think. And I, and I was thinking, Paul is going to watch this, and he's going to see he's going to see his boy there. Did you see no, that? Uh, all, I didn't. That I didn't really know. I didn't God. really see. It obviously hit, it hit me um, every time I with, saw him. I was like, "That's Woody." <laughs> it hit me with just the generalization of she's just lost her child. That's what hit me, but not the fact that this is. Like Woody, he's like representing Woody for me right now. He's a he Spanish just, Woody. He's a Spanish Woody, yeah. <laughs> El Woody. El Woody. <laughs> Woody. <laughs> um, did you find that because you're a parent now that it, it resonated that extra bit? Even though you say that you, it wasn't as good as you remembered. Mm. I think because I knew it was coming, it didn't mm. really... Because I knew how it was playing out, I didn't really have to like... Uh, try and imagine in my head what it would feel like for me because I knew where it was heading kind of thing it could it could be different with a, with a fresh watch or something but because I know this so well it just didn't hit me that, that way this time I'm not inclined to go back and rewatch this anytime soon but when you yeah. know where it's heading yeah is there enough in there on a rewatch for you to go oh that means that yeah that's happening because this has happened only, only small bits like I think I I do think it's great. Like again, this is just her, about her her involvement in her her losing her son. Just how everything is kind of her fault because she she has this altercation with she hides the information from from Simon and it makes him angry and then she slaps him and then obviously mm. he goes and hides in the basement and also she wanted to he wanted to show her the basement. That was the whole point. And I think that, that I think that's where he sl- she slapped him at that moment, mm. and then she's the one who fucking gets the scaffolding poles and locks the door. Yes, and it's like, oh man, it's all you. <sighs> okay, I was just going to say on that point in particular, I've got a few things as my contrarian uh, questions to go. Oh yeah, but why did this? Blah blah blah. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not going on the defensive, but here is the the kicker. Are we really supposed to believe that their son has been missing at least six months? Six months, yeah. And they haven't gone and looked in the basement of their house? Supposedly they didn't know it was there because it was it was like a wallpapered over room. I mean, unless they... It's a very old house, so I imagine they didn't have plans for the house. But it's in a room that was wallpapered over and didn't have a doorknob. Yeah. So I imagine they just didn't know it was there. Hence why she finds oh, it when she goes in the cupboard. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. So that's, that's why, why he's like, come and see the house. Come and see the house. 
because obviously he's never been down there either. So the reason that she's, which I didn't understand, but was kind of cute, but the reason that that he's hidden all these bits and pieces that she has to find and then replace like doorknobs for other doorknobs and shit mm, mm. is because one of those doorknobs then leads to that door. Yeah, it's shown you they only find one doorknob, I think. Okay, my mistake. I thought yeah. that uh, she uh, that they knew of that space underneath. I no. mean, if your kid went missing and you had the house, you'd probably just check if I mean, there is a it... secret door to a basement <laughs> that you probably do have in that, <laughs> that massive could be fucking in any house. room. <laughs> yes, but I think I think it goes. I think it shows with the fact that they have a basement, but they use that little small cupboard as a storage. Yes, because they could have just put it down in the basement. Yes, correct. Okay, fair enough. You yeah. batted that back. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I, I do like that that little um, uh, plot line as well. The the like the treasure hunting. I think that's fun. It's a nice nicer element. That does feel very Del Toro, especially like it feels mm. very Paz Labyrinth mm-hmm. where they they mm-hmm. get stuff like the chalk and their chalk like you got to use the chalk for something, and I like that little treasure hunting bit. It's See, nice. I think broadly the thing with the way that Del Toro approaches these storytellings for whatever whatever his interest is, he's he has made such an impact in cinema, and I don't I don't um, begrudge him that. I I understand that people like him, and I can get why people like him. He's not personally to my taste, but whatever it is that's influenced him, his aesthetic is let's take the childlike and mm. put it in a monstrous world. Yeah, in a scary situation. It's like yeah, if you made Peter is- Pan, it would be good, but. Yeah, this, like this if, if, you made, if you tried is, to make it, it's true. If you made Peter Pan more, like if you did a fifteen-rated Peter Pan, yeah. If he takes, if he that. takes like already created content and makes it his own, that might be better than him creating his own original ideas. But it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't quite do it for me. I can't, I can't fully immerse myself in the horror of something when, when there's some childlike elements. Case in point, again, the director, and I bet Del Toro said this when the old lady Benigna is that her name. Yeah, when uh, Laura goes out to the shed, and Benigna's hiding in the shed late at night, right? Mm-hmm. There's a quite that's quite a scary reveal. But then Benigna shuffles out of the shed, and the soundtrack's going digga 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 digga. It's it's <laughs> playful. It's playful. Yeah, and it's like what what? Yeah, I, I get maybe you're trying to show the childishness in there, but it's like ugh, yeah, you ain't joined it up enough for me, and. Because it isn't scary, because there is no malicious intent from any of the ghosts, whenever the ghosts are around, I never really felt that fear. No, no, never. Mm. Never. Unless, yeah. well, apart from when the old lady got hit by the truck or the van. Yeah, what? Yeah, but you're not scared by that. That's more like a jump. That is oh. a jump scare, just to yeah. make you jump. It came yeah. out of the blue. That is most the, the grossest horror-like thing that happened, really. When that happened, I was expecting more of that throughout the film, especially the... the like the way her body was so mangled, everything. Mm. What did you it think is. of that practical effect? I think it looked alright. I liked it, mm. but then I thought it was goofy. I couldn't decide if I liked they, it or they, not. They should have flashed it. Yes, they shouldn't have held on it so. They long. held on it too long. You're right. Yeah, they spent yeah. too much money and time on it. <laughs> yeah, like hold on it for 35 seconds. There is. You are right that there is so much kind of influence from Del Toro. This is like <laughs> the whole face smashing scene with the the end. Is it got the end of like a bottle? He smashes the guy's face in in Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, yes, and it's yeah, really yeah. brutal. And it's yeah. like the broken hit, bit of the d- bottle. These in the kind face. of stuff in 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 like compared to like the fairy tale stuff. It's like mm. it's almost 
not supposed to go together but this is kind of what we're mashing up in this film and yeah. um, I, I agree it doesn't it doesn't necessarily work for me there's no there's no del um del toro films i love no, the ones i think they're great okay at absolute best in my his opinion. greatest for me is is blade 2 i think it's already uh, a franchise that i'm already invested in so i think that's why it works for me is that's like, like what you say if you if he does stories that people already know it might work better than his own mm. original ideas who are we to say people fucking love these films pan's labyrinth and stuff they i know. fucking call them masterpieces chronos so. is good but do you know why i think generally speaking i think people love something like pan's labyrinth so much because mm. they are a not horror buffs i reckon the majority of people who really praise pan's labyrinth are not really people who dig horror films so they haven't been exposed to a lot of horror films so when they see the limited amount of stuff that del toro is doing in that it's shocking to them shocking enough they're probably people who like a bit more of a serious film so when they see that it's like oh this is how i access silliness because horror as a genre for them is too silly for them to get involved in on an ongoing basis hence why they enjoy something like that not that pan's labyrinth is a horror film but Mm. i can see the merit in people in people loving that mashing of genres Uh, in general though i'm not really into that kind of fantasy no like the kind of fairies and no, goblins no. and all that kind of stuff it's never really been my kind of thing so it's like the the films back in the day from my childhood like willow and stuff like that i've never liked them pat um fucking what's the labyrinth uh, labyrinth yeah never been into those Labyrinths kind of films never really done anything for me and that's what it kind of feels like he's playing with and it's like a a kind of dark version of those stories yes even though they were quite dark back in the day though kind of they had some dark elements to him, but he goes takes it almost one step further. I mean, it has its place. He's carved out that niche. Whether he's producer or director, he's carved out that niche. What was the film that we saw at um, exact, exactly the same feeling, Paul? The film that you and I saw at Fright Fest oh, a few years yeah. ago. Um, oh, what's it called? Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Exactly. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Same sort of thing. Some horrific elements, but it it's too childish. It's a kid's film. It's a teenager's film. A young teen young teens film mm. I'll tell you how to do it They the way to properly do it is you need that scary thing to be have a bit of personality it that is uh. how you do it with children mm. that is amazing I and love you, have, that. And you have to kill kids that's yeah, the other thing there has to be yeah there has to be that as well but you need they killed kids in this real. they killed yeah. kids it's true they killed, they all killed the kids. kids in Paz Labyrinth as well <laughs> Did they kill the kids? Yes. Ah, this is very true. Spoilers for Pan's Labyrinth. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) But see them. This is in how it's presented. Look at um, Serbian film. Mm -hmm. The kid lives and it's horrific. In Pan's Labyrinth and this, the kid dies and it's not horrific. It's almost like dying is not the most horrific thing that can happen. It almost it carves it out as a fairy tale ending, though, doesn't it? As that she dies and then goes back to her parents or something. Yeah, and in this, the kid dies, but is reunited with his mum, who looks after all the other children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I think this, I think it's pretty sweet, though. I like that. I like the the kind of uh, Neverland Peter Pan ending because I do I do enjoy. I think it I think it works. It works for me. That element. Literally, the last twenty minutes all works for me in yeah. this film, apart from going back to the dad. You don't need what, that. Lay the end. flowers. Yeah, the lay the flowers. I did I did think that was like my whole thing was like 
what's happened like leaving it a little bit ambiguous to like yes. people work out exactly what they thought had happened whether she mm. made it out or maybe she died or whatever along those lines that you can open it's open to opinion rather than just yeah. shutting it off that's the thing yeah they wanted to uh, make we it want solid you to tell you like, he dies not like, yeah it's like yeah she's dead by the way everyone it's like yeah we got it yeah <laughs> Yeah, quite clearly. We saw her taking them tablets. But then it's we also saw the fun to play with back. the ideas that, like, she could not be dead. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, it's obvious, but, like... Yeah, I don't think there's any... I, I just like it better without that that ending. Yeah. So Because the implication is that the dad is probably going to kill himself because he is seeing his wife or child or both walking in the door. That's why he looks up and sees and smiles as it cuts to black. Because yeah. we're told the guy who gave the no shit about to anything happening. Mm. All right, Adam, I'm going to take you to task on this. I don't think this is true. What you're saying? He was just—he fucking just left her. Think about no, no. But for how much? Pa- not patience. They've both gone through the, the loss of a child. They've been together for a significant amount of time. He has been really uh, good and supportive of her going down all those routes. When she wanted to get the medium in, he was resistant, yeah. but he's there and supporting. The only reason he rallies mm-hmm. against it is when the medium is like the boy is dead and he's not willing to hear it and he's like fuck it if the kid's dead then he's dead you're not going to bring him back if he's alive you are not the one who's going to help us find him he gets mad at the medium then it's because Laura is so obsessed he says he says to her, come on let's leave this house he sees Laura is so obsessed by the grief it's and about obsession again yeah but would you not if she was going to go hunting around this house would you not stay with her well, of course, we would do it for our actual loved ones, but for dramatic purposes. He just purposes, gets in the car, gives her a kiss, and walks away. It's just like, <sighs> but he's he, going wa- he wants grief. to leave. Yeah, and, and, and you're, leave, you're also, but, but like sometimes you, you can't let you, your wife, who's obviously not taking this really that well, just fucking take your house apart and crawl through fucking drains and wherever she wants to go to find this kid you do but if you don't her. believe in ghosts, you're going to think, okay, let me give her a time out. Let me give her a couple of days here. Then. Yeah. You need to mend mm. your own demons in some way. You can't be, be forced there to. With her. Maybe she, yeah. Adam, are you telling me that months and months and months later, you of all people <laughs> would stay? I'll stick around then. I'll still stick around. If they wanted to stick around <laughs> and find your child that you brought up, then yeah, you're going to have a bit more fucking. I, I, I will disagree and say that I think he knows he's dead at that point. Yeah, he might know, but you don't do it. If you're not doing it for the kid, you're doing it for her. He, yeah. There wasn't no, but there wasn't any. They they made an agreement, right? She said we need to leave, and she said let me stay for two days. Is there that what no, she like, said? Yeah, she said let me let me have two days. She yeah, said. and he would oh, okay, and then he go all right. I'll I'll hang around here. I'm not going to leave you. No, but well, she wanted she child. wanted to live there, and because she she has so much memories and so much attachment to the place, yes. she needed that time just to kind of unwind and be like okay let me mm. let me mend my own demons on my own i need to do this and also if we gender reverse this and this was a man who was obsessed with finding the, the child and the woman was had been there all that time and then the woman says we have to leave and the man's going no i'm staying i'm staying i've got to find him if the woman left you'd be like well i understand it you wouldn't be going oh the woman should have stayed by him because you'd say subservient wife to the man all the time in this case the man is like the man can equally get frustrated and be like i've had enough at this point mm. It's not even, I don't think it's even frustration. It's more, I think it is, shows his love for her that he's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to let you stay. I'm mm. fine with that. I will say goodbye. I'll let you do your thing and come find me when you've, when you've done what you need to do. Yeah. 
He's a, and that's the thing as well. He's he's stuck by it all this time. He's a man of science. He's a doctor, and then she is going the, totally the opposite direction. He's he's been literally plotting out all all like missing people, finding on maps, any sightings. He's mm. like very like by the book. This is true real life, and she's bringing in mediums and everything. And it's like he's still been sticking by the whole time, even to the end of being like, "We need to leave," but I'm going to give you two days because that's what you want. Yes. Mm. They mm. they both have their grief, Adam. But all these noises coming out of you. Are you possessed? I just don't. I just <laughs> I just don't feel like he would leave her like that. I don't know. Well, it felt natural. If he'd left her immediately off the back, you would say asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. had been six months. Yeah, those six months. Has it been nine months by the time? I think it was nine months, yeah. Well, okay, it's six months go. when they do the time jump, and then there's oh, some, yeah, true, some yeah. transition, time, yeah. I suppose. She was in a wheelchair over after that six months. That's oh, no, true. Was it after the six months she was in a wheelchair? Yeah, she was in the wheelchair. Uh, no, it was before. Oh, no, it was a couple of days after, wasn't it? After yeah. he'd gone missing, yeah. Yes. Um, I uh, Here's a question. What was the relevance of saying that Simon had was HIV positive because he's close to death that was how he read it he was saying if you're close to death you can see these people beyond the death and that's why he went running off and found his friends because all the kids that had died in the house he could speak to them because he's close he's not dead but he's dying and the closer you get to death so the closer she was willing to give up was how she found out where he actually was like she now almost dead that she could find out where these people were when they were saying that, I thought they meant like literally because he was about to die, as in yeah. death was around the corner for him because he was about to have, fall and break his neck. Well, no, it's than... almost like they're prolonging it, aren't they, with those pills? That's, about... that's why. That's why the dad says, "How long will you? How long will I survive if I didn't take these pills?" And he said, "I think he says weeks." And I think that's why it's even more heartbreaking, right? Because you're finding trying to find your child. <laughs> And you know he's not taking his medication. Oh uh, yeah, I wish I'd clocked that probably. Yeah, yeah. it's like he, that's what, at one point he, I think she <coughs> or he looks at the pills, and it's almost like he's not. He hasn't been taking these for six months. He's, yes. he's pretty much dead. Just to say, HIV is not a death sentence anymore. Nobody will die from HIV anymore. I know they have the medication for that. I know, but he yeah. doesn't have the medication. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. Well, okay. That that answers that. Yeah, I think that's um, why he's, they're saying um, that's why he's so prone to seeing these things because he's so close to death because he is taking his pills, but his body has a problem, and it's almost like that unlocks this thing where he can see them because in if he didn't take them he could die kind of thing. Mm. So he is close. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. Um. What about the character of Thomas as a scary ghost? Jason Voorhees. Spooky ghost. <laughs> it's Jason Voorhees in a way. Mm-hmm. I think that we've moved on since the 80s when deformities should be considered a scary thing. Mm. That's what I thought now with my 21st century contemporary <laughs> lens is that <laughs> when we see people now, particularly kids actually, with deformities, mm. like that reveal shouldn't be part of the scare which it was and I know at the end he's a nice kid but at the time when it's sort of revealed the fact that he has a sack over his head 
because he's so hideous underneath. I think he puts that on himself, though, doesn't he? Oh, I know that, but but for us, for for mm. us as an audience, when you're watching it, that yeah, like it makes the scary, him scary because yeah. oh, underneath, ooh, what does he look like? I think we need to do away with that trope now. I understand it's been there for a while in history, but yeah, of course, not so, yeah, I get that. Yeah, Elephant sure. Man did it and moved on. Mm. Yeah, Elef- Elephant Man revealed that there is a human beneath that. Yes, mm. he doesn't need to wear the sack on his head. Shouldn't be scared. No, no. I'm a man. I'm a, oh, man. I'm a man. Oh, I'm poor not John an Merrick. Animal. No, I'm a man. Couldn't lay down. Can't lay down, but I'm a man. <laughs> I can't lay down. <laughs> well, true men lay down. That's why I lay down. Just get get on the bed, John. Get, get on, on the bed, bed lie down. John. Just get, get, get on, on the bed. You can lie down. How many podcasts are you going to do this on? <laughs> I can drain you. I can drain your head. I can drain your head. <laughs> Fuck me. Do you want uh, to be paid? Drainage, Mary. <laughs> drainage. Boy, head. Drainage. <laughs> if you have a big head and I have a straw, I drink your head shake. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. I'm not sure. You make a judgment call on it, that's Stacey. Um, <laughs> I wish I never did. There will be blood. Mary, I me. wish I just never did it and make all this stuff come up. I'm so glad it. you did. <laughs> so glad you did. It it changed no, no. the podcast forever. I might say it again before the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, why is okay? So Tom, all right, here we go. So Thomas, mm-hmm. the ghost. Yeah. Right. We're led to believe that Simon is actually seeing him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah? yes. So Thomas has led Simon to that room under the stairs, the secret room. Mm-hmm. A why. And B, why when she finds Simon's body at the end, why is he dressed like Thomas if this is a ghost? Um, I think I think it's more the fact that he's maybe his mask was down there because that was his house. That's where he was put. So you think that Simon went into that basement and dressed up as Thomas? I don't think he dressed. I think he just put the mask on. Maybe it was the mask. So that's where I thought it was another bad directing choice. Like aesthetically, it's good to see and make you think it's Thomas at first, then you see it's Simon. But actually, yeah. I couldn't see the logic as to why he would be dressed as Thomas. Yeah. And is Thomas bad or good? Did Thomas intend for Simone to get hurt? What was he doing? Was he just playing with Simone? Uh, see, so so this is Same I think. as it was before. Mm. Same as I, it ever was. Same as it ever was. Um, ever I will. see it as. Uh, He's to- so Thomas can or Simon can see <clears throat> Thomas now, so he uses him as almost a conduit to basically help him rest by finding all the bodies. They, he basically wanted to do a treasure hunt so that they could end up finding the the burnt bodies of the children, right? Because oh, yeah, it was obviously a murder, and then that is why when Simon goes um, down into the basement. That's where he's starting his hunt to try and figure, like, to try and understand what's happened to the kids. Then Thomas appears to the mother who's trying to search for Simon because obviously I don't think Thomas wants him to be found yet because he wants to him to figure out what's going on downstairs. Mm. That's why she pushes in, she pushes him her into the bathroom and locks the door. Right. And then when he when she comes out, she's searching for him and then slams that door and that's where he gets locked in. Yes. Okay. 
and then from then it's more a case of okay we actually need to do a treasure hunt to find simon now and also find out what's happened to us mm. yeah that's what i see it as anyway but there's also there's also must be some kind of uh mystical thing because the fact that she is now seeing the ghosts must mean that in in the duality of everything must mean that something knows that she's going to kill herself i think she's given up yeah. i think she's given like she, all she wants to do now is die because she's not with her son mm. she's but, willing I mean, she, to that's the, yeah maybe just maybe. because yeah because it's around the corner she's they know whatever the spirit plane is mm. makes itself accessible to her because they're aware that she's about to join them yeah and on yeah. that note i made a note of it and then i forgot about it for the rest of the film but i knew that there had to be some connection when um simone wakes up at the beginning of the film yeah there's a, no 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 when laura wakes up at the beginning of the film next to her husband she mm-hmm. rises from the bed with a sheet over her head and then takes it down yeah. then she goes next door and simone does the same thing he rises from the bed with a sheet on his head and i made a note to say what does this mean mm. i've written we see mother and son rise with a sheet over their head <laughs> They go, because they're going to be ghosts. The traditional yeah. image. Yeah, very, yeah, very they good. T- yeah, they true. tell us from the off. Yeah, that's very true. And Paul yeah. was very cross about it because he said, well, I, you didn't make that clear that that's what happened. You told me that they were actually alive, but uh, you've changed the narrative so that we now <laughs> think that they're actually uh, ghosts. <laughs> Let's start this again. And it's a lazy film. It's a lazy film. So Paul's actually giving this a five out of ten listeners, by the way. I'm happy with that symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> what I did like as well. Ed Norton so, comes uh, along and says, uh, you didn't actually see that. The sheet was actually over the dead side. <laughs> the dead side. The, the, the dead side. <laughs> um, so talking about how... So that whole close to death thing, seeing as that means some the spirit plane knows that she's going to die at some point, that's why it opens up. That's obviously what kind of must be happening with Simon as well then. Yeah. That's why he's seeing them. And then I kind of like, because this is what Thomas says, so it kind of does make sense then. He, Thomas says to him that he has no parents and that he is going to die. Yes, yeah, so then he's a terrible child, that Thomas, if that's But the that case. means he must know. But then, yeah, and it's like, so does that mean he's leading him to his own death? Well, so there, there you go. Mm. But then that reinforces Thomas as, a, as an evil character. That then says, out of all the characters in this film, the evil one is the deformed child. Yeah, but I don't think it is trying to say that. Ah, but there's an idea that possibly, because Thomas also is the one who tormenting Laura, pushes her, uh, you know, (laughs) makes her have the accident in the bathroom and all that. He's also the one who killed the other kid. Or is he the one who died from the act? He's no, the one who died. Thomas who died. Yeah, Thomas was Thomas the one who died. died. He got yeah. trapped in the in the caves. But I don't yeah. think he, I think it sees him as like a, a kind presence because especially just at the end, I think it's a nice little thing when Thomas walks into the room and he comes and takes the blind girl's hand and takes her over to um, what's her name? Wendy, not Wendy, Laura. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and then and then she's like, "It's Laura. She came back." Mm-hmm. And I think that's a nice little thing. It's like she's finally come back to her friends. It's quite sweet. 
Yeah, see, I didn't get, I didn't get, I, I, I get that it was a, a nice ending. I can't, I guess I just didn't want a sweet ending. I didn't want yeah. that sweetness. I wanted it. It's not necessarily sweet, though, is it? She just killed herself. I know, she killed herself. She just found her, her dead child and she killed herself. But they sweeten it by saying, but they're together in death. Yeah. So at least they're together. And I, that is true. But it that's is, just me. I don't like that. That is like that. the Del Toro thing, though, isn't it? That's what they do with Pan's Labyrinth as well. It's like in Serbian film where... The, the, I know I've said this one, but oh, the, the boy survives, and then the dad is like, well, "This is horrendous. At least I can blow all our brains out. Let's all lie here, and we'll all die, and we'll be united in death." And then even that moment <laughs> is robbed from them because they're filming it, and they're like, "Start with the little one." You're like, "Oh, oh me, God! Man. Even death doesn't end it." Oh, what an ending! Oh, I mean, that film ending. is better than this film. <laughs> oh yeah, my goodness! But then, but then there's a whole swathe of people that would say. How in good consciousness can we good conscience can we hear you talk about the orphanage when you say Serbian film is better? And the reason is because it's what you're exposed to. If you have more exposure of a certain mm. genre or a certain style of filmmaking, then the thing that is more palatable is the thing that you are more likely to think is better. If mm. you have deep, it's like anything in life, like anything. Paul with DC, Paul. All of the comics that you that you read, you know the stories intrinsically. The story that immediately appeals to me is not going to be the one that appeals to you because you have an in-depth knowledge of it, so you you know exactly the one that is really good quality. Mm-hmm. Adam, your absolute love of music, the kind of thing if someone came up to you and said, Oh, I love this band, you'd be you'd be like, Yeah, they're okay, but actually they're a yeah. pretender. There's all these bands that are a million times better. If you have an in-depth knowledge of a genre in film and a like of it and an understanding of it. Then you're you're more likely to be critical of a film like this, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. What did you think mm. of the scene? Um, I can't work out if I liked it or not. Again, comes down to the director, the way he did it. When she's an adult and she's doing the one, two, three, knock on the wall, and the kids, the kids keep appearing closer. I t- I do like. It. I think it's a good scene. I think it's well. I think it's well made scene. I can't decide. It mm. feels like it should have been scary, and it and, and it wasn't. That's the thing, yeah. It's. I think there's nothing in this film that's scary. Is yeah. it like a twelve A or something? I do think it is that same. I don't know. Nah. Look at the face of big, big gone. Yeah, it's got to be a fifteen. It's got to be a fifteen. <laughs> Whatever her name True. is, Bedelia. Where's my cake, Bedelia? Where's my, cake, Where's my Thomas, Bedelia? <laughs> Beninia. Oh. Beninia. That's it. Yeah, look at her prosthetic face or part CGI face. That's not a fucking twelve A. Oh no. Must be fifteen at least. Yeah, or fifteen. It wouldn't be any more than fifteen. Well, if you're fifteen, you've got to lean into it. It felt like it. It should have been scary, but when I was watching, I think like it was a directing choice. It was bold, but it was like I didn't work for me. There was no music in that bit, so when she's doing it and the camera keeps swinging because it's all one take, isn't it? Yeah, the camera keeps swinging from her to the kids getting closer, and it felt like I should be scared, but I think because ultimately the kids are all nice, they're not evil. The director just decided not to present them in a scary way in that scene. I have to say, though, in it is because of our um, overexposure to horror films. Maybe. Mm. In, in If you pay this to any other person who's not that familiar with horror films, that would scare them. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would think so. You could watch this in a cinema with people. They'd be screaming left, right, and centre, wouldn't they? Yeah, they'll be covering their eyes because you because you're waiting for a jump scare or something, which they kind thought... of give you, but it doesn't. They it's the tap on the shoulder and then shoulder, and then it's like it's it's almost like the adventure music, like chase me. Yes, that's what it goes into. Yeah, exactly. You're right. The tap and then the run. Yeah, 
The thing throughout this whole film that I thought was scary or had a mood of scariness, which again wasn't particularly original because it's been done in things like Poltergeist and, and, and even things like Wreck to, to an extent, was mm. when the medium comes and she's walking from room to room. Because there was tension there because it's like, okay, what's she going to see? Mm. It's like, okay, she's probably going to encounter a ghost, there'll be a jump scare. But that actually never happens. No. It's the anticipation mm. of it. It's almost... It's also, it's the anticipation is always better, though. Anticipation well, yeah, for jump scares is, is always better, better than But you normally scare. like a little payoff. Mm. The mm. payoff for, for that scene is the fact that she wasn't actually walking. She's where she was all along, apparently. So, I didn't... That was unsettling, you're right. Because when he shoots the pencil up the paper back to that room, I thought, does that mean that she suddenly ran? Like, in a burst of energy? <laughs> yeah. mm. Imagine... When the, the camera's come a bit early, she's like, "Oh, she's she's running for some reason." Yeah, <laughs> I've been here all along. I didn't move. I didn't move. I was. I didn't move. <laughs> I didn't I need got to my move. oil. My milkshake takes it. <laughs> Thomas drank my milkshake. <laughs> I um, was in the HR's room. <laughs> HW, sorry. HR. 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 Human resources. They'll be telling you directly. But there was a nice eerie mood. I, 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 they set it up quite nicely in the first thirty minutes to be eerie, particularly mm. the shots on the beach. I thought they were the most beautiful shots in the whole film when they went to that cave, yeah. Yeah. and all the shots there look really nice. And it's a shame that we didn't get a bit more of that because then I think the house just became a very like just a dull setting, like visually a very dull setting. Um, but there was enough in there to to enjoy from from time to time. I didn't like two cheap effects. I'll tell you the two cheap effects. One was after Benigna's hit by the car and the dad is helping her. And then he looks up and for some reason he puts his hand to his face and covers his face with her blood. All right. Mm. And then they do the same thing when Laura goes down into the basement and finds the dead kids. She puts her hand to her face and smears their, their decayed dust all oh, over yeah, her does, face. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, do, you uh, do you think it's more of the case that they're so in the moment that they don't they just overcome they don't know they've got stuff on their hands they're just like oh shit possibly but I just think it's that director unfortunately would have first it's more of a visual like yeah being like oh how can I get this how can I Mm. get this aesthetic across Mm. yeah for sure I'm not saying a different director would have made this uh, an incredibly uh, much better film but I feel like it could have been a little more visually appealing Mm. and engaging in the hands of another director even del toro yes. yeah there is mm. something in this film that's interesting and i feel like if you let him roll with it he might have done better but i think del, i don't know how much del toro got involved like you said he doubled the budget and doubled the filming schedule so he, he needed to triple that budget well not even triple it i think he just needed to like get it for him and then stay stay away from it like i feel there's too mm. much of his influence in this film I feel like uh, if it was given to him, he would have made it even more fantastical. Mm, yeah, and would have lost yeah. it. There would have been gears turning left, right, and centre as well, wouldn't there? Yeah, he'd have a good house, gear turn. A rotating house that yes, <laughs> all the rooms keep changing. Hundred <laughs> percent. The doors would have hundred percent have been rotating away. Oh, there and all been, the ghosts would have been red CGI like that, uh-huh. <laughs> like Crimson Peak. Plenty of red, plenty <laughs> of red, and there'd have been a little pixie. Uh, uh, Thomas would have been a pixie rather than a boy covered up, up with a sack. I think it must it proves at least that uh, we like this ghost story more than the Del, Del Toro ghost story. Uh, yeah, 
I mean, Del Toro has been now been involved in the podcast a fair few times mm. Mm. in various shapes and forms, whether it's as a director or as a producer. Yeah, he's a, this, he's a, this is our fourth, I think, if we're counting him as a as in some way involved in the film. See, he's not someone that I dislike. I actually really appreciate his takes. He's a, he reminds me a little bit of, um, to an extent, Keanu Reeves, and to an extent, Edgar Wright. In that, I'm not a massive fan of any of them, but I love their love of movies. I absolutely yeah. love Del Toro's love of movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a passion there, yeah, for sure. I, I, like, I could imagine talking to him about movies would be fantastic. I, I can imagine he would be so supportive of so many independent projects that are totally different to the st- sort of stuff he's doing. I just don't really like his output. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. Um, apart from Kronos, which I must say I haven't seen in a long, long time, but Kronos, uh, Spanish language, it's about a boy and his granddad, and his granddad becoming a vampire very slowly essentially um and i remember that being quite horrific yeah, but i've been mean to watch that one there's one particular scene that i yeah but again that could be the the bottle to the face scene in that it's the only shocking scene in the whole movie because it's the only one i can remember and actually now i think about it chronos descends into a hell of a lot of fantasy at the end mm. it's Love almost a like a defense mechanism as a human being like del toro's like i like the darkness let me comfort you. He wants, wants yes. to make it dark and comfort you at the same yeah, time. I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't want to linger in the darkness. Let me give some, some light. Things are going to be all right. And it's maybe almost, he needs that for himself. It's almost like uh, a parent telling a child a ghost story in their bed all snuggly and warm. It's like, okay, you're protected. I'm here. Yeah. But I can tell you this ghost story. Do you tell Woody, have films. you told Woody any ghost stories yet? Oh, my God. I, I put on. Uh, I got my new <laughs> TV. Finally, yes. everyone. And we were, I was like, okay, I need to test it. So let me think of something that he'd like. I got out, I got out. Serbian <laughs> film. Funnily enough, I got out a Jurassic World, the latest one though. And I've got out and they have a short film in it called um, Battle, at, uh, Battle at Big Rock. It's a little short film that like basically um, promoted that the film was coming out. And it, it, was, it showed like a family at a campsite, a little campsite and suddenly dinosaurs come into the forest because because this is where they've been let out into the real world right and this massive dinosaur comes and it's it's basically attacking this family in a camper van and the whole camper van flips right and there's a baby sitting in a, a little high chair and he's strapped to the high chair while the camper van's still like been pushed over so he's like almost like mid-air and this dinosaur comes in through the window and's trying to snap the baby mm. and get bite him <laughs> And Woody is screaming. <laughs> and I'm like, this was not the right time. He was not ready for this. <laughs> he was like, ah, his whole body was shaking before the baby was going to get eaten. Was he, not, was he like scared afterwards as well? Like, did he not sleep and all that kind of stuff? No, no, he was fine. Like, it, I, we watched the rest of the thing, but I had to like reassure him. Like, it's okay. It's okay. He's going to be fine. So ghosts ain't scary anymore. It's dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, yeah. You felt more scared of a dinosaur than a ghost. Uh, uh, if it's these children I mean, ghosts then you won't be scared or maybe you wouldn't yeah. be I'd probably be scared if I saw a child in my, in my house <laughs> what would be yeah it's the figurines of ghosts and all that like that night after I watched this film I was in my kitchen and there's a light from the car park and it sometimes come, it kind of comes through the trees at the back of the house at the moment because there's no leaves on them and mm-hmm. I was in my kitchen and I, could, I was looking against the cupboards and 
I could see um, my head and then I could see the reflection of all the trees moving in the light. And I was like, what about if like a, a head, another head just appeared next to me? I fucking shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> the thing you need to worry about is what was looking back up at you that you couldn't see because you were lit. Yeah. Someone standing in the darkness. Yeah. yeah they're watching Michael me drink my glass of water. They were. They were in the water. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all those bacteria ready to kill you. I mean, well, I was about to bring up a topic, but it's actually our patron. I was going to say, what what are the ghost films that actually scare you? But uh, we may we may cover. Some are we doing films that scare us? Or films no, no, no. That but we that like might, some of them might. Be. Well, whatever you want to say, or whatever form of ghost story that you think's better than this, I guess. Oh, heavens, mm. yes. Mm. Heavens, yeah. yes. Should we go to give our final thoughts on this then? <sighs> Any more uh, points to say? I think. Oh yes. Just a little one. That is silly. When she's panicked looking for Simone after he goes missing in the house, mm. she runs outside to what is quite clearly a little girl dressed in a, like a lacy oh, white yeah. dress yes. and rips the mask off as if it's going to be Stupid. him. <laughs> Again, the- it's the director. That's on the director. You they could have just found a child with at least brunette hair. Yeah, yeah. Just, just make them seem like gender, whatever the term is, neutral, so that it's hard to tell. Mm. But no, she she runs to what is quite clearly a little girl. And I was but, thinking at this moment as well, it's like this: none of these people are going to send their children here. I'm sorry, <laughs> never. After <laughs> you're running around screaming, I, I where's didn't her even own child? What was going on? I didn't know what was going on at that point. I thought it was just a party. <laughs> I was like, why is she having a big party at the house? I know it's so. It was a very unexplained party. It was it was a way to. It's like this is our open house, so you can if you want to send your child here or something. Mm. But it's like who? Why would someone want to send their own child there? Yeah. I don't know. I think get it. Uh-huh. I don't know. And, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots, lots of different parts that you could say were red herrings and stuff, but it's kind of like, eh. like, why did Benigno even really turn up? Why did she suddenly choose then to turn up at the house for mm. no reason whatsoever? Grease took over her. Grease. Grease lightning. Grease lightning. Imagine she did the grease lightning. I wouldn't have been surprised in this film with that tinkle music that they did. (laughs) Also, that scene when um, Thomas, when when Laura's gets her hand slammed in the door, wasn't filmed very well because it was such a soft slam. Mm. You can see the way the door closes. It's not a slam. It doesn't look like a believable slam. And I almost think like that is a case of in an edit or something. Del Toro perhaps saying, oh, soften that. Don't make it seem so brutal. Because the blood on her hand is not is not consistent with the soft slam. And mm. when she yanks her hand out, she propels herself backwards into that bath completely unnecessarily. The mm. way she propels herself back into that bath is like she's been shot by a shotgun. <laughs> it's like that is not a natural reaction. And then the damage, the damage on the hand doesn't correspond with how far she flew. No. Because it would have pulled her skin off. It made me think of um, Dr. Sleep. Where she shut Rose's hat in Rose Rose's hat. <laughs> Rose's hat shuts Rose's hat in the door, so she has to go and buy a new one. <laughs> where, where the, she was going through her like vault in her head, and then her hand was shut in one of the oh yes. the, um, drawers, and she pulls her hand out, and like her whole skin is yeah, hanging that's off good. her hand. That's it's like, good. oh fuck! There you go. We needed Flanagan. Hard. We needed Flanagan yeah. to direct this story, basically. <laughs> basically, <laughs> he would have done a good job. Yeah. Are Did you we talk about the fact that, that Flanagan is, is 
maybe you mentioned it. I can't remember that Flanagan's going to do the Dark Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TV mentioned suit. that, yeah. 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 Good, good hands. Good, good, good. Good hands. <sighs> hands with the skin falling off. Yes. Lovely. Okay, shall I say my final thoughts on this film? Yeah. Okay. Um, I agree. Uh, there's something about that Spanish kind of horror fantasy that doesn't work so well and it doesn't it's not as satisfying as like an all-out just ghost story when it when you put it with a bit of fantasy as well um i i don't remember the first three quarters being as slow as it did i don't think it hit hit me as well as it did when i was younger but i think the ending still holds up and it's fucking i think it's great i think it's really good and it's strong and I still give it the same score I give it. I think it's an eight. High stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. This is high stuff. Eight. Um, yes. So my final thoughts are I enjoyed the film. I didn't love the film. There's a lot of things in the film I like, but there's more things I think I just didn't work for me. And overall, I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Fair. Saw that coming. Saw that coming. You probably see this one coming as well. Like I say, very competently made. I've seen other versions of this story already told. We all have ghost stories, haunted stories. So perhaps being a little bit jaded by it, that's why I wasn't won over by any of it, and it, it wasn't particularly scary. But I did very much enjoy the storyline of a of a missing child, and I was hoping that it would have a more gritty ending. And in many ways, it did because it it wasn't a ghostly fantasy thing. I thought if ghosts had hidden him away somewhere for some reason or something, that that was going to be a cop-out. So the fact that he was actually dead was uh, was good. I just didn't appreciate that second hour when it really leaned into a lot of the familiar tropes. A better director could have raised the score for me, but not by much. It's a 6 out of 10 from me. 6? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 not not surprised, but I thought you might have gone for a 7. Yeah, I thought you might have gone for a 7. That's fine. It's a 7. Straight 7. Oh Lord! Oh Look Lord! That. That's gone well. Is there a lot of films in this? Yeah, well, a lot of films in this. I tell you, it ain't moving above for this film for me. So Halloween Kills. It's not um, better than that for me. Um, Paul, you have to say it's, it's better. No, 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 no. I'm gonna put Halloween. Oh, oh no! Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, I was thinking that was Halloween Ends. Yeah. <laughs> um, it Halloween is Kills is above a better Halloween film. Kills. Uh, Adam. Yeah, so it, it so Halloween Kills is bottom, so it goes above Halloween Kills. Well, there you go, that's fine. Fuck me. It's cool. F- fuck that. Uh, shame. Shame is better. Nah, shame no, I said better. Halloween Kills is better. No, Adam, you gave Halloween Kills a six, mate. And I gave... Oh, really? Oh, well, yes, I think this did. is a better film. I'd rather rewatch Halloween Kills. Ah, well, you got to think well, about these it things. Now, so that's why the thing why scores aren't always thingy. Sometimes it's a little bit about a, like a score as a score, but there's sometimes you slagged it's in your off heart. Halloween Kills. Well, you can't, something wrong. you can't put something high when you give it a lower number. I know. We can sometimes. There is. You can't change it, it at the end of the year. Maths. Oh, it annoys you on your little list. This is, is the way. This is the way. This is our scores, son. Shame. Yeah, shame. Uh, shame is better. Shame is better than. Um, I'm gonna say it until you say, "Oh, you gave that a six. You can't okay, give that." Okay, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think shame is good. As uh, good. What did Adam give shame though? Seven. Okay, fine. That works. All right. So okay. uh, that's where it sits then. Between shame and Halloween kills. Between shame and Halloween kills. Good heavens. Good Halloween heavens. kills. Less than orphanage. What can I say? Hey, you're gonna about to get Ben's about to start. I would have said Halloween ends is better though. So. Something at least. 
I've got to say, you got me snoring over here. <laughs> snoring. <laughs> so that's where it is, folks. It comes in at about a hundredth out of all the films we've done. Uh, it's about 20 off the bottom 20. Um, because we've wow, done about we 150 episodes roughly now. In yeah. fact, in fact, in terms of films, that was, that was our 149th. So the 150th film that we're going to cover on this podcast... Adam is not even going to be here for. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Is that sad? We're going to have guests on, and you ain't going to be here for it. And we can't, we're not going to tell anyone who the guests are. Oh, yeah. That's exciting, isn't it? That's exciting. Sorry, Fucking Adam. Fucking hell. The 150th episode, and Adam's not here. That's me. Sorry, that's me turning my hob on. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke. That was. Very good joke. Get rid of me. Um... Wonderful. Well, we have one comment from a Twitter follower saying what they thought of the film. Do you want what to hear they it? Say? Yeah. They said, I can't even find it now. Where is it? It is from Parker J. Lyons. Good. And they great, say, great name. They say, an underrated horror classic. Well, there you go. See, horror the thing classic. is, do you think that The Orphanage is a film that is better regarded by people who are horror fans or people who aren't really horror fans? Who do you think is more likely to one, like it? it? It's a tough one. Mm. It's not... I mean, it is horror, but it's it's more... Well, I guess it is horror. It feels more like drama than horror, mm. in a way. I feel like if you were a... If you were someone who didn't like horror films, you could probably access this and appreciate it more. Mm. Mm. Well, there we go. That is The Orphanage. Oh fuck! And that's the end of two thousand and seven, boys. Which means we need to, to this wrap is the thirty first of December, two thousand and seven. The clock's about to hit midnight. What's your final yes. thoughts on the year? Yeah, we're about to leave the year. So, boys, the ball highlights is of two thousand and seven. We'll all take it in turns in different orders. We'll start I with started, Paul's. I started secondary school. Actually, no, I was two years into secondary school. No, yeah, I was already in secondary school by then. I was going into year eight. Uh, okay, in 2000, yeah, yeah, we should do, we should add that as an element. What did we, what, what was happening for us in 2007? We should start every year rather than end every year with this. Uh, in 2007, I uh, finished uni. In 2007, I would have uh, been starting to learn how to drive. Mm-hmm. And I would have also just started doing my film studies and media studies course. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in year eight. I was going into year eight at school. We were all at different stages. We were at different stages of our adulthood, like we are now. Interesting. Try and work out what age we are from that. Funnily enough, I was working out in Spain in 2007. I wonder if I could have gone to a cinema locally and seen the orphanage in its native language without subtitles. You would have understood nothing. <laughs> I would have understood gracias. <laughs> Por favor. He said thank you. He said bolsas thank you. Plasticas. Bolsas plasticas. <laughs> you know what bolsas plasticas is? Something to do with plastic. Plastic bags. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I worked in a shop over there and I had to buy plastic bags for the shop many times. Oh, wow. Anyway, let's get back to the film stuff. So let's start with Paul. Paul, what was your uh, your best scene of 2007? Are we doing best scene that uh, basically like shows you what the whole year was about? Uh, if you want to do it that way, yes. I, I, it's I open, it's open if you want to do it. Yeah, you okay. go for it. 
Um, what I think this 2007 round has mostly been about regret in a way. I feel like everyone seems to regret stuff. So, like mm. in once we had the regret of your partners leaving your partners and the relationship you had and rectifying that, I guess. Uh, what was next? Then we had There Will Be Blood and this moved me on to the scene that I love for regret, which is Daniel playing from the church. I abandoned my boy. Yeah, I abandoned my son. And what else we got? Uh, what other films have we done? Zodiac. Zodiac. That's come on. There's loads of regret in there. The way obsess your obsession has given you your regrets in your life. And then lastly, this the regret of just slapping your child before he disappears. And then the regret of fucking putting some scaffolding poles in front of a door and then basically killing your own child. This is, this is, this, for me, it's all about abandonment. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Like, you go. he abandoned his son. He, uh, yes. In once, he abandoned his um, girlfriend. And Didn't she abandon wife. him? Well, she abandoned him, sorry. And the husband abandoned his wife for the other yes. surname. Uh, there you go. In. Uh, uh, what you call it Zodiac he abandoned his family in pursuit of yes there you go yeah, and then this one she's abandoned and yeah all the and kids so are abandoned boy what was your favourite scene or your the scene that represented my favourite scene is going, I, I know you guys are going to say the other one so I'm going to say this one it is them in the uh, piano sh- in the music shop in one oh yeah I thought that bit ah, well okay I keep, that's a very good one. I keep playing your game. So my, you, you both already said the word, but the theme for 2007 for me was obsession. Uh, in, two, in once, he was obsessed with getting back to his girlfriend. He's obsessed with his music. He's obsessed with getting to London. And that was his drive. Obsession. Daniel Plainview was, was obsessed with greed, with oil, with winning, always being on top. Zodiac, everyone was obsessed with solving it. Every character was driven by obsession. And uh, in this, she became obsessed with finding her son. Um, very good all work in their own way look at that mm. so we got regret obsession and what did you say Adam abandonment abandonment look at that fucking dark year but you'll be surprised to know that my best scene of 2007 was also the piano shop scene Aww. Aww. it's too beautiful and too pure to not be I just thought you two would go for there will be blood so I thought don't you worry there's plenty of there will be blood representation in the other categories <laughs> <laughs> Character that represents it all for you, Daniel Plainview. Daniel yeah. Plainview has to. He's the boy. He's the boy. So it's Daniel across the board, is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the line of two thousand and seven. Give me the bloody lie. Just give me. The do you blood. take the blood? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's also a Daniel one. It's drainage, drainage, you boy, you boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm gonna have to, just the milkshake lines then. It's all let's, again. Let's hear the voice. I'm not gonna do the voice because I can't. I hear really want to hear the voice. I, I want to hear Adam do the voice. You Try can. It. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hell my, yeah. That was him on helium. Yeah. <laughs> he's lost. He's, he's he's choking out. He's got no air left. He was in talking his lungs. through the. He was talking through the straw. He was. I knew that there will be blood was going to whitewash everything. That's why for the best scene, I thought I, I want to give it to yeah, the only yeah. only other scene in the whole year that really come, comes close. And fair to it's too it's too nice and too pure. And in a series of films that were all quite dark, which the last three fucking were, 
Once mm. was the light one, and once is like the the glimmer of hope, the glimmer of beauty in the, in all of it. Mm. Very nice. Because there was no hope in these last three films we watched. Mm-hmm. No hope. Absolutely. And maybe, and maybe there wasn't in once. Well, there was hope. He was hoping for things. Mm. Um, I think we should add a best supporting character to this. Best supporting character? Yeah, supporting character. Uh, so not a lead. I will go with... Oh, shit. Um, I'm going to go for whatever one you wouldn't class as supporting character in once. Um, I would say well, it's the, the only supporting characters in once. No, no, she's not really supporting. Supporting is like his dad. Mm, I think they're both I'm, co-leads in a, to an extent in that. Mm, I think he's the focus of the story, isn't it? And she is. Yeah. I'm still going for the blood. It's Paul Dano. Yeah, Paul Dano. It's got to be Paul Dano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has yeah. to be. It's just another way to bring up there with blood again. <laughs> I know. Fucking what a whitewash! Incredible film. Deserves all the spoils. And where are we going next? Are we talking about that yet or not? Um, or are we going to reveal that after no, the special No, we'll, we'll reveal that after the special next week. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to reveal people the special? Hold tight. No. You can at least tell people what the film detail. is. What are you talking about? Nope, no. Not I don't even know what you're talking about. Top secret. Well, then you, ha- you can listen to the episode when it comes out as well, can't you, Adam? I will do. I will listen to Ben's little feature on The Last of Us as well. well. You can do. Yes. Yeah, so What's do you that need to got to do with it? Well, we're just talking about what people can listen to in the middle time. They need to listen to it. Yeah, you can listen to Ben on the on the Francis podcast talking about the Last of Us and the Francis podcast. I don't know what it's called. It's not even a podcast. What is it? Adam is the absolute worst person to work in any sort of PR or like marketing or anything like like that. On Apple Podcast, the Francis podcast can't seem to find it. It's called France. It's Francis Films. On YouTube. It's his YouTube channel. You can go on there, and we're talking about the Last of Us TV series weekly. He likes it, and I don't like it. You do like it. No, no, uh, the game, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, and also, I'd imagine me and Paul will be featuring on it at some point throughout the run of this series as well, when we get a chance to. You're such a great marketer. I know we are. (laughs) Right, should we move on to our patrons have to say this week? Yep. Okay, well, if, if you don't know, we are our, our patrons. Say what they've been watching this week, the good and the bad. If you'd like to do that kind of thing and become a patron, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash filmbusters. And you can become a patron just like the likes of... Oh, you've got Jason Clarkson. You do. You have Francis Ciberini, who we're just talking about. You have my good friend from holiday, Andy Bishop. Yes, you do. You also got Ben from Film Vloggers. Oh, certainly. You got Mark and Steve from Movie Drone, if you can believe it. You got <laughs> Brent from Home Video Hustle, if you can't believe that either. <laughs> you've got the man with many words, Luke Human. Uh, you've got that human animal hybrid, Sean Panda Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> you've got the Albuquerque man, Nerd Revert, who's now. Is he in Albuquerque or is he in Texas? Has he moved to Albuquerque, Albuquerque or is he in Texas? I can't remember now anymore. He is now in hell. In America. <laughs> Come on, it's you now, Adam. Next up, we have Julio. Oh, there's no comments for Julio. <laughs> spent, spent them all on Nerdbert, so there's no additional comments for Julio. Next up, we got... Jamie, 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 please, Jamie, please, Jamie, please. I'm sorry. And lastly, we have the Rotten Tomatoes aficionados, 
themselves. It's Katie Noti from the For Your Effing Podcast. Sunglasses were damaged. What is that from? I don't know. That sounds like a crap film, doesn't it? It sounds like they tried <laughs> to write a funny line for him. My and sunglasses it are damaged. Yeah. First of all, we've got Mr. Luke Human. He says, 2022's RRR, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it, it might be triple R. Triple R. Triple R, I guess. I don't know. Do not be intimidated by either the Eastern pedigree or the runtime. Triple R is an exceptional action movie that builds on the best of the genre. Wu, Rodriguez, Evans, Tarantino and Wright fans will all find a lot to like here. As with a lot of Indian film output, it's not very subtle, but given the subject matter and the intent, it doesn't need to be. Our two leads gush charisma, although Tedger edges it over NTR for sheer beauty and intensity. The supporting British cast as the <laughs> occupying forces are suitably nasty, verging on pantomime. Impressive wide shots of the Indian wilderness and well-composed cityscapes give a good sense of scale, and although CGI leaves a lot to be desired, the mayhem in which it employed means it's easily overlooked. A great achievement to bring an epic period foreign action film to a wide audience and make it so satisfyingly entertaining. And 2022's White Noise, this is like a Wes Anderson movie with all the charm replaced with obnoxiousness, the whip replaced with pretension, and the style copied like a 12-year-old cheating off the smart kid in class. Classic bound back, white privilege nonsense, but devoid of the emotion present in his previous work. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that Noah Baumbach, so I won't be watching that, and it's got Adam mm. Driver in it. I keep seeing it. it pop up, and I'm like, it, looks, it just looks meh. Mm. Yeah, it is some white people shit, for sure. Just mention Wes Anderson. You've, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I'm mm-hmm. out. That Triple R, I've seen um, really being promoted left, right and centre. I can't believe it because people are not normally big on what I assume mm. is Bollywood. Yeah. I might be wrong. But like even the Prince Charles have got it uh, playing there. But it's, it's yeah, they've shown quite a few films like that every so often. Yeah, but like, you know, an, an international film that's been released straight to Netflix getting a cinema release over here. It's like yeah. what's... That's pretty know, special. Mm. An exceptional action movie. Well, let's see. Let's see. I mean, Ooh. the length is what puts me off, I've got to say. Is there any dancing? Is there any singing? There must I be a sing so. song at some point. I hope there is. I hope they stop right before the end credits as if to taunt you into saying, <laughs> come on, dance for us. And they go, you think we're going to dance for you, fuckers? Yes. Just like, just like the end of that beautiful film. The White, White Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. Jinx. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, we have Julio. And he said, love the menu. It's taking the top speed taking the top 2022 spot but i still have several movies from 2022 to watch i found it really funny and it kept me wondering what outrageous development was going to take place next perfect ending two have you guys watched it yet i have not i've, I've watched it yeah you've watched it i'm gonna save my my thoughts for the end of month roundup okay there you go. that means he either we'll really liked we'll it or he really hated it if you're that sure it's going to be in your end of month roundup Ooh. let's see i've only got two films from my end of month roundup so far Mamma mia. Whistling. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so we'll talk about that at the end of month, Julio. And I we briefly mentioned it during our wrap-up at the end of last year as well. Um, we did. On the bad side, as much as I like to make fun of Adam being Nicolas Cage is his best f- on his best of list, I'm actually going to complain about the movie X. A movie very oh, much yeah. not for me. I've seen horror fans waxing poetic about how it's homage to the 70s horror, etc. Sure, I wish there was more beyond its references to better movies. The plot is bare bones, dumb young people face off against the creepy old people with very little underneath it, but it's my fault for expecting more. So accordingly, I won't be checking out that pal. 
it was okay. It was beyond. I don't really remember a lot beyond it, but it was okay. I hated the old people makeup in it. it it's quite it impressive when you realise it's her. No, no because it is it her. Is. Obviously, it's obviously her. Yeah, and it's not impressive. It's like it just looks like her. Mm. I, I and I agree with Julio completely. It's uh, totally underwhelming. Nothing. Nothing good or original, really, about it. And I know the boys over at Movie Drone really dug it. Uh, and their, their most recent episode was Pearl. I, I listened to that because I have no intention of watching Pearl because I just didn't enjoy X. Um, they really like it. It works for some people. But fuck me, it just doesn't work for me at mm. all. It was, like, I, it was a 6 out of 10 for me. I just, okay, move on. Is that Mia Goff? I don't, I don't, didn't like her at all. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's but hard. I could, I could hardly get past the the makeup. It kind of, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, now it's, this is the mm. rest of the film now. <laughs> I got to deal with this. Yeah, I don't. I don't get why. I, I yeah. I don't know. I don't get when the online community suddenly latches onto a film and praise it so much. You watch it and you go, why this one? It's like people reach into a. Uh, hat and pull out a film title and, and they're like this is the one we're all going to praise this month and you watch it and you go why why is this one getting all the praise mm. what about this yeah and then next month they've forgotten all about it they've moved on because people feel like they have to like it sometimes yeah but if you want to check out a good Ty West film watch The Innkeepers from about 12 years ago that was good 12, oh, that's on my ago. list that's on my list I've yeah seen that, that. that yeah. one was good uh, well there you go cheers and uh, last up we have Sean Panda who says, it's that time again. Hello, lovely boys. I hope all is well in Bustersville. Yes. We should yes. set up a little... We should rebrand our website and call it Bustersville. Bustersville. Um, this week, I've only watched the good stuff. The Banshees of Inner Sharon, To Serve With Love, a rewatch of Top Gun Maverick. But let's talk about The Menu. Wow. Look at that. Again, not surprised for this. This film is basically Midsummer mixed with Ratatouille. Wow. That is that is a big strap stroke. line. That's a strap line. <laughs> that would get me into the cinema. And it's a wild ride. Do you boys agree with that? Midsummer mixed with Ratatouille? I'm not saying anything. Uh, my review yeah. for the film was just wild, I think it was. Mm. I mean, well, there you go. Don't want to spoil anything, but it's worth a watch just to know, just to enjoy the experience. I know Adam and Paul have seen it already and enjoyed it, so I'm appealing to Ben, really. It's no boiling point, but it's really good fun. There's also a good conversation to be had around class, the snobbery of the rich in regards to the dining experience, and I just didn't expect that kind of depth from this film. Anyway, much love and respect to all you guys, and thanks for making the world a bit less shit. Well, thank you for saying that oh, we do that's so. That's very thank sweet. Thank you, Sean. I think that uh, I'll have to check it out, uh, probably before the end of the month, if Paul... Potentially, he's going to bring yeah. it up. Let's have, have a talk a discussion about, about, about the end of the it. month. All right, yeah. I'll get it seen in the next week. Beautiful. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of the episode, everyone. Thanks you can have a surprise next week. See who our special guests are and see what we're doing. I think a lot of people would have seen the film we're doing. Yes, I know the so guests. You haven't know the film. You just check it quick. Adam is not going to be with us in case you didn't realise he's oh, yes, leaving for here. some vacation. So yes, somewhere warm and it's where it's not fucking minus ten all day. Mm-hmm. I'm currently sat here with my woolly hat on. I've got a hat on. Mine is a woolly hat because it's so cold. Mine's a woolly hat as well. It's a cold oh. hat. Is Paul sitting with a woolly hat? I have on? no hat on. No. It's because he's, he's at work. He's I'm in a warm room. Pay for his that eating. BBC money is paying for his heating. Yeah. Hell's yeah, boy. All right then. So uh, we'll see you on the Patreon to talk about ghost stories. Let's talk about some ghost stories. Or we'll see you next week. Deal, Busters.